Welcome back to another edition of the Interlake Sports Now. I'm Josh Dugan, and thank you, as always, for taking the time to check out the show. On this week's episode, we'll have our first winter sports update of the year with wrestling getting underway in the Treasure State over last weekend. And we'll move into the Bobcats and Grizzlies playoff action from over the weekend as well. And then we're going to preview the Grizzlies' upcoming home game versus the Furman Paladins at... Washington Grizzly Stadium coming up Friday night. Before we get to all that, quick reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Nomad, voted the Flathead's best manufacturer. Nomad is a longtime supporter of our local community and sports scene, celebrating 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. Let's dive into our first winter sports update of the year. The snow's falling in Montana. It's that time. The Grizzlies just had a big-time snow game, and with that comes winter high school sports. Starting with wrestling, that was the first sport to get it underway. Upcoming this week, now we're going to have basketball and swimming as well. But let's start this uh, winter sports update out with the Flathead Wrestling Team, who extended their dual winning streak to 53 consecutive meets after beating CMR 71-6 to to open the season at Flathead High last Saturday. Head coach Jeff Thompson had the following to say about his squad. Quote, overall great day for the Brave Brawlers. Getting an early win against a loaded Great Falls High team was a good start. Thompson went on to say, we had some guys really step up. Connor Luduck. Won the final match to get us the win. Will Barnes got a nice win against the wrestler that beat him last year at State, unquote. Freshman Kellen Downing and Hunter Ariga picked up their first varsity wins for the Braves during the duel. The Flathead girls won a shortened duel versus Great Falls High. The Bravettes have 20 wrestlers who have yet to compete this season, and they'll get a chance to do so at this upcoming weekend's Flathead Invitational Girls Tournament. Glacier, meanwhile, dropped their opening wrestling duels to Great Falls Saturday. Glacier's... Mark Honor had two pins at the 170-pound weight class. Here's a quote from Glacier head coach Ross Dankers on his team's performance. Quote, it was, a great, it was great to get out and compete for the first time. Many of our crew did a great job battling for the first time in a varsity spot. Still need to work on conditioning a bit, but saw some bright spots. On the girls' side, Kylie, Sean, Kylie Shine excuse me, had a pair of pins for the Wolfpack and several Wolfpack wrestlers. Had their first wins with the program, including Carolyn Johnson and Abby McClatchy and Shine. Kylie Shine, that was her first win for the Wolfpack. On the radar in the winter sports scene this weekend is the start of prep basketball in the Treasure State with the Glacier and Flathead boys heading to Great Falls. And the Glacier and Flathead girls will host the Great Falls schools in a pair of games over the weekend in Kalispell. In the wrestling world, the Flathead Invitational and Mining City duels take place this weekend. And swimming gets underway with the Kalispell Invitational featuring Valley Schools, Flathead, Glacier, Polson, and Whitefish. Before we move along to the college football action, quick shout out to our friends at Clark Auto Group, as always, for their support. With winter sports back in full force, next week we'll be back on our Poster Player of the Week action, sponsored by Clark Auto Group. Reminder, in the meantime, join Clark Nissan for their holiday coat, scarf, and glove drive this December and help spread warmth in our community. Drop off your new or gently worn coats, hats, and scarves to Clark Nissan on Highway 93 South in Kalispell through December 22nd to participate. For more information, call 406-612-1244. Let's brighten this holiday season with acts of kindness. Thanks again to Clark Auto Group for their support and giving back to the local community. It's definitely much appreciated. All right, let's get to the FCS playoffs. Been the talk of the town in the Treasure State the last couple weeks with the Cats and Grizz both in action last weekend. We'll start out with the Bobcats, who did drop a flat-out thriller versus North Dakota State that saw the Cats fall 35-34 to in overtime on a block PAT. First off, Bobcats and Bison engaged in, in my opinion, 
one of the best games of the year across all of college football at any level. Doesn't matter if we're talking the big time schools in the FBS, the FCS, Division II, junior college, doesn't matter. That was flat out an epic game between two evenly matched teams, and it came down to the very final play. The two teams racked up 883 total yards of offense, and of course, it came down to a special teams play at the very end. The Bobcats did miss a pair of field goals in the first half, and after Scott Trey Humphrey broke loose for a 25-yard touchdown run on the first offensive play of overtime, the Bison did block that ensuing PAT to seal the win and essentially eliminate the Bobcats from playoffs and end their season. That's, you know, it's so crazy in the football world. You have a game where there's 883 yards, points all over the board. Teams are breaking loose. Malat had a heck of a game prior to injury, and it comes down to a couple plays on special teams. And it's just a crazy football game. That's what playoff football is all about, who can make one more play, and it was one of those games, no doubt about it. What made this loss so hard to digest is someone who was, you know, I'm pulling for the Bobcats stay alive, keep that Brawl the Wild rematch and the semifinals alive. That would have been epic if it did happen. Of course, not going to happen this year, but that was a hard di- loss to digest because that Tommy Malott injury completely changed the feel for the game. You feel for Malott, you hope he recovers quickly, and it was nothing that's going to have long-term term effects on his health and playing career. It didn't seem like it was that serious, but it was. he couldn't get back in the game. Sean Chambers was clearly far from 100% in that football game. He was toughing it out. He played through injury, left it all on the field. But I, so I hate to play the what-if game, but i got to say, I can't help but wonder if those two quarterbacks were at least 80% healthy in the fourth quarter, how different that football game would have gone. Bobcats have momentum on their side. They were rolling. Malat was having possibly the game of his career by the time it was all said and done. And injury just completely changes things. That's just what it comes down to in playoff football. Who's the most healthy in the war of attrition? Who can complete... The, who can make the plays on special teams, which the Bison did, Bobcats didn't. Just one of those games. Overall, just tough for Bobcat Nation. They, that was the end of the home winning streak. So just a lot to digest. That being said, I hate to play the what-if game, but you have to wonder if those two quarterbacks are healthy, how different that game goes. That being said, overall, that was the end of the Bobcats season. They went 8-4 and four on the year. They had a rough go in the Brawl of the Wild, losing 37-7. to seven, But the other three losses came to top-tier FCS teams, and they lost by a combined eight points in those three games. So they always say football is a game of inches, and that's pretty much how you could sum up the Bobcats season. If a few other plays went their way, and they, you know, they might be 11-1 and right now in the FCS quarterfinals. But that's not how the cookie crumbled. The Cats are out of it. Moving forward, I'm really interested to see how the Cats retool Sean Chambers out of eligibility. So he's done with the Bobcats. Shout out to Chambers on an epic career. The last two years covered him. It's been a pleasure, no doubt. Been one of the most fun players at the FCS level. Just a flat-out explosive player who has a knack for making plays when it matters and a touchdown machine. So wishing him the best post-football or if he goes on to the professional level somewhere. And, you know, we'll, we'll just keep an eye out for any offseason Bobcats news as that transfer portal action starts to heat up. It looks like there's already been, I think, two or three Montana State Bobcat offensive linemen who were key players hit the transfer portal. Got to do my homework on that one. That just was popping up on Twitter right before the show. So shout-out the Bobcats on a – Season that was a lot of fun to cover. That team had a lot of exciting wins, playing a lot of great games, even with the losses. And you got nothing but res- I got nothing but respect for their coaching staff and their personnel moving forward. That being said, we'll see how they retool. A lot of Bobcat Nation's been questioning some of the moves by their offensive coordinator. We'll see if that follows up. I think their offense has been unreal, poetry in motion at times. But there is times in the close games they've gotten stagnant. It seems like they really can beat up on the bad teams with their system against the top-tier teams. Maybe they need to make some adjustments on the offensive side of the ball. That being said, you come in number two in the country and rushing one of the best offenses in the country. You can't really argue with the results. They were an elite team. 
like I said, the cookie just didn't crumble their way in a couple tough games, and injuries became a factor down the stretch. So that's rough. You never want to see a playoff game end up being decided by injuries. I'm not saying the Bison didn't earn that one because they played their hearts out. North Dakota State deserves a lot of credit for overcoming not their best season to be tough in the playoffs. That's what a perennial championship contender like the Bison do. That being said, just can't help but think of how that one could have gone for the Bobcats. But that being said, it was an epic game, probably my favorite game I've watched in all of college football this year. Friday night, that Washington versus Oregon Pac-12 title game was epic. Friday, and then Saturday morning, we had that Bobcats game. We rolled right into that. So it was a couple epic days of football, and then the Grizz put the icing on the cake with a big win over Delaware. I kept saying I needed a blowout type of victory in that one because I couldn't do another nail-biter after those two football games with the Pac-12 title game and the Bobcats-Bison game. So... Speaking of the Grizzlies, let's move it along. The Grizzlies did keep the train rolling in a snow game at Washington Grizzlies Stadium. They went viral all over college football Twitter. Everyone was talking about snow game and Missoula alert, so got to love that. They won 49-14 to over Delaware, and the Grizz probably could have dropped 60 points if they didn't take their foot off the gas and got a little – things got a little sloppy in the fourth quarter. Things got a little chippy, some penalties, things like that. So that being said, the Grizz, whether it was with this win or, or it was going to happen either way, it earned them a slot on ESPN2 this upcoming Friday, a nationally televised game at Washington Grizzlies Stadium in the quarterfinals as the Grizz hosts the seventh seed, Furman Paladins, who are coming off a 26-7 to win over Chattanooga last weekend. The game is a rematch of the 2001 National Championship game that the Grizz won. Current Florida Gators head coach Billy Napier was the QB for Furman. Interesting fun fact. And the Grizz picked him off twice. And Johans, Johans Humphrey rushed for the Grizzlies' lone touchdown with 142 yards to lead Montana to the national title in that one. This time around, Furman will be led by dual-threat quarterback Tyler Huff, who had over 600 yards rushing and five touchdowns on the ground to go with over 1,600 yards passing through the air and nine touchdown passes so he can get it done with his arms and his legs. Dynamic type of quarterback. The Paladins have the 45th best scoring offense in the country, but their defense, that's where they make their living, has been top tier. They allow just under 17 points per game and they're the 7th best scoring defense in the entire country. The Grizz, meanwhile, are the 4th best scoring defense in the country, so it's going to be a battle of top 10 defenses in Missoula in December. Going to be cold, possibly some snow. Got to think this game's going to turn into a dogfight if the Grizz don't pull away early like they have in all of their last five wins. So, Domenico Roberto is the top man in the backfield for the Paladins as he rushed for a team high in yards and touchdowns and had two scores in their win last week in the run game. Redshirt sophomore Grant Robinson is also named to watch for Furman after only playing two games in the regular season. He rushed for 64 yards in their win last week over Chattanooga. So you got to think those are two guys to keep an eye out for. Speaking of that Paladins defense that is top-notch, the Grizz need to protect Clifton McDowell as the Paladins average three sacks per game. They're tied for the sixth most sacks in the entire country. Luke Clark leads the way with six sacks, and Evan DiMaggio is next up with four sacks and a team high, 8.5 tackles for loss. So you're going to want to keep McDowell protected, get rid of the football fast, let the run game try to do their thing. That being said, let's get to my three keys for the Grizz to win. Speaking of the Paladins and the Grizz run game, Paladins have the third-best rushing defense in the country. They only allow 92.7 rushing yards per game. So I think a big key for the Grizz to win in this one is to run the football effectively with Clifton McDowell. I think he's going to have to get outside the pocket, break loose for a couple big runs on some broken plays, and keep the kind of the defense off 
off balance because if you get one dimensional against a team that's elite rushing the passer, things can get ugly. Chances are the Paladins haven't faced a two-headed monster like Nick Osmo and Eli Gilman yet this year. The Grizzlies do have elite running backs for the FCS level. I think they'll still produce, but that being said, I do think McDowell could be the X factor in the run game if he can turn a couple of those broken plays into first downs, a couple designed runs, get some chunk plays. It can change the dynamic of a football game when a team has to worry when they're dropping back in coverage and a guy like McDowell's breaking loose for 7 to 10-yard runs at a time, moving the chains, those kind of things. It doesn't have to be huge runs, but just efficient running the football with Clifton McDowell could be a big X factor. That's key number one. I think he's going to have to have a big game with his legs. Key number two for the Grizzlies, force the Paladins to play from behind. We broke down the Paladins' offense just a little bit earlier, and they get a lot of their production in the run game. I think if Montana can jump out to an early lead, force the Paladins to have to throw the football, it's a cold December game in Missoula, could get a little sloppy throwing the football, I think that could really flip things in the Grizzlies' favor and help secure a spot in the FCS semis. Last thing you want to do is allow the Paladins to get it going early, and then they can pound the football, which is their bread and butter, running the football. You don't want to let them do that. Make this team one-dimensional. Make the Paladins one-dimensional, and good things will follow for the Grizz. Key number three for the Grizzlies on offense, I think the Grizz need to be really efficient on first and second down. Got to prevent those third and long situations that allow the Paladins to bring extra pressure and wreak havoc in the backfield. Like I said, they have one of the best pass rushes in the country, one of the best defenses in the country. So if you can keep things manageable on third down, it allows the run game to be involved and sets up the play-action attack that Clifton McDowell is flat out a lead at. He's great at making plays in the play-action game, that run-pass option attack. So you got to have third and manageable. You don't want to get into those long situations where they can pin the defense's ears back and let pass rushers just get after the quarterback. That's the last thing the Grizz want to do, especially they haven't played a close. the Grizz haven't played a close game since October 14th in the Kibbe Dome where they beat Idaho. It's been about two months, so you don't want to let the Paladins pass rush, get after McDowell, put him under pressure in a tight playoff game after steamrolling your opponents the last five weeks. Got to put yourself in good positions to convert on third down and keep moving the chains, and that could be a huge key for the Grizz to win against a top-tier defense. Overall, this should be a great playoff matchup in Missoula. I have the Grizz winning this one 28-17. I think it's going to be a slugfest Friday night, ESPN2, big-time FCS playoff game, another chance for the Grizz to show off their football program on the national stage. They beat Idaho on ESPN2 in the Kibbe Dome. Big Sky After Dark, that was a lot of fun. We're getting a little bit of dose of Big Sky After Dark once again with the Grizz hosting Furman, so... Can't help but think this does a lot of good for the Grizz in terms of recruiting moving forward. It's a nice piece to show recruits that you come to Montana, you're going to compete for deep runs in the playoffs, and that's going to get you exposure on the national spotlight, whether you're trying to make it to the league, you're trying to move up in the portal as many kids are nowadays, or you just want to go and tell your friends and family back home, hey, I'm going to be on ESPN2 tonight playing football. That's pretty dang cool. So whatever it may be, it's a great tool for recruiting moving forward, and i got to think the Grizz are loving the opportunity to play on the national spotlight. They won't think about it now. Hopefully the players don't let it get to them too much. That coaching staff will have them locked in. But something for the program as a whole and the university they can look at. It's a very big positive, and it's great for the Big Sky Conference. So got to love that. All right, before we wrap this thing up, quick reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Nomad, voted the Flathead's best manufacturer. Nomad is a longtime supporter of our local community and sports scene. So bring 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company, making a global impact. 
Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. All right. Thank you, as always, to Nomad GCS and Clark Auto Group for their support. We really appreciate that. And thank you to everybody checking out this episode for taking the time out of your busy schedule and checking out the show. It's holiday season. Time is more valuable than ever. So much going on. And the team here at the Interlake Sports definitely really appreciates you checking out the show. Thank you, guys. So, on to next week's show, we'll recap the Grizzlies' playoff game versus Furman and dive into the local prep basketball scene for the first time as action tips off around the state this week. So really looking forward to that. Last season had a lot of fun covering the basketball scene in the Valley, a lot of great teams, and looking forward to this season once again. On that note, that'll do it for this week's episode. I'm Josh Dugan, and I'm out.